The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Uh, no uh, PK show or news talk show will be complete without a presence in studio <laughs> of Conor Faulkner. It's always great to see because he is the all-knowing person in relation to everything to do with cars, motoring, and you're very welcome and a happy new year Thank to you. Thank you, Conor. Ivan. Yes, big introduction. You're too kind. You're well, too kind. Well, let's talk about this disturbing story of the outturn of road deaths hugely up mm. uh, and we hear on the news there now more fatalities into the new year. Yeah. So the government, uh, there's a couple of issues here. First of all, you always, your your mm. default position here, it's about enforcement, yeah. Ivan. And, and the, what's happening with the Garda Traffic Corps? Well, it is about enforcement. And look, we've just had a rotten year. And unfortunately, three days in, uh, we've had a rotten start. Uh, so things have gone wrong. Road debts last year were up by 19%. Um, now, only five years ago, in 2018, they were very significantly lower. Um, so what has changed then? What has gone wrong? It is enforcement, in my view, more than any other single factor. The Garda Traffic Corps is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Another 47 heads were, were dropped out of it last year just through attrition. So they're down to 641 Gardaí in the Traffic Corps. Now, it's supposed to be 1,100. It used to be 1,100. It has just withered away on the vine. And I think that's the single Surely they have the vans thing. now. They don't need to yeah. man them. Surely technology has taken over. Instead of someone with a radar gun checking your speed, there's a van. Yeah, true. And and it's oversimplistic of me to say that it's just Gardaí. Now, that's a big, big thing because they've halved a number. But, um, but technology is... I mean, Jack Chambers is the minister responsible and he's now saying that he's going to have a massive strategy for cameras that he'll be coming forth with this year. So there is an element of technology taking the place of Gardaí. And actually, if you look at where penalty points are issued, we've RSA data on that, overwhelmingly the biggest offence for which penalty points are, is, are issued is speeding. So like speeding is the one thing that you're kind of more likely to get caught doing that than any other transgression. But things like phone use or um, un, uninsured well, drink cars, driving, course, yeah. drink driving, of course, the huge one, and drug driving, which is sort of hidden under the rock, but we know it's there. None of those are really addressed by these technology things. So I think a technology, ironically, is kind of a little bit like a drug. You know, you, you can over-trust it. You can say, look, we'll plow money into cameras. Look how much money I've spent. Look what I'm doing. But if you look at what's actually happening, and it's not unique to Ireland, but we're, we're certainly a case in point. We were doing brilliantly on road safety. Eight, nine years ago, we had the best road safety numbers we'd ever had. Uh, we were statistically one of the safest countries in the world. We'd made enormous progress. We have slipped since then. And, and what the minister is doing is saying, do we need this new law? Do we need that new law? I want new speed limits. I want new penalty point offences. Um, and I'm saying, you look, the elephant in the room, the guard, the traffic corps is halved in size. Now, okay. it may not be the only factor, well, well, but it's uh, surely a so, big so hundred. And 84 people tragically lost yeah. their lives and died in collisions and 1,250 people had serious injuries. Do they do a detailed sort of post hoc yeah. analysis of these? Because I thought one of the trends was increasing number of young people. And like, so therefore, is it that they're saying, well, look, I'm going to get away with a few drinks or I'm going to get mm. away with, or I'm a boy racer and I'm into speeding. What do you think under underpins these statistics of young people suffering more? Well, one thing we do well in Ireland is data. 
our data is good. The primary data collection is very good. Um, and in fact, when you benchmark it against European peers, it's quite strong. And there's a lot of analytics and, and, and study that has gone into what causes road traffic accidents. So we know some of the top line patterns that don't change. It's very male. Well over 70% of fatalities are male. Um, it is skewed towards young, but not impossibly so. And those are factors that exist Does this mean w- women well. are better drivers? Uh, well, the, against the traditional... Well, it, 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 the data says yes. Now, yes. again, there are social patterns there. The, the pattern of male driving tends to be a little... There's no Testosterone, good, is it? Uh, partly, particularly for young males. But, for example, there's no good reason for this. But, but it's more typical than not that if a married couple are, are, are in a car together, he's driving. There's no, no good reason why that should be so, um, but just as a pattern of behaviour, it tends to be so. so. So male drivers, slightly higher mileage. Now, those differences are eroding as female life patterns yeah. become more similar to males. But I think if you were to pretend that there's no such thing as gender uh, in this, you'd probably be missing a trick. Okay. Um, so that analysis is reasonably well done. But the thing about the, these death numbers, Ivan, is funnily enough, they're so low. Um, 180 odd deaths in a year are is obviously tragic, but in terms of a statistical data set, it's kind of hard to analyse because we've two and a half million drivers in the country. It's a very small sample size. And hence, it seems random. So you look at sort of random events and, you know, the, the headlines this morning, there was a, there's been a death on a motorway, there's been a, a motorcyclist killed, and it feels random. And that can be very hard to get your head around as a kind of a policy thing. But there are things that we know that work. Um, and first among those is the physical presence of enforcement. It okay. can't be beaten. And you've as, made as that point well. The yeah. statistics speak for themselves. Yeah. The other main initiative from Minister Jack Chambers, of course, is a nationwide change in 2024 in speed limits. So mm. you have our kind of motorways, you have our fairly good national secondary roads, yep. and then you've rural and country roads. Yeah. So uh, all of them are coming down. Just talk us through the present status quo and then what's proposed. Yeah, I, I, I'm not convinced it's a good idea, by the way. I mean, I, all other things being equal, the typical punter will say, reduce speed to make it safer. You know, actually you don't, particularly when the speed limit posted on the pole begins to be completely out of sync with the engineering for the road. You just kind of grow a culture whereby people might look out for guards, but they don't respect speed limits. They don't buy into them. They have to be set appropriately, not just, you know, low is good, pull all the numbers down. But what he's proposing to do is, the way speed limits work at the moment is that there's a menu. Primary legislation gives you a menu of speed limits that may apply. And the local authority then has to apply them. They yeah. have to look at that and when I, I was on local authority for, for two decades. Got a lot of grief over the Urban Council and yeah. the County Council. And there was a, a speed limits committee yeah. set up. And so therefore, if a road was improved, they might raise the limit. If there was a number of accidents, a black spot, they if, would lower if, the limit. If, if Mrs Murphy on the edge of the town has a bee in her bonnet, yeah. they might respond to that as yes. well. And the difficulty there is you get inconsistency all through the different local authority areas. They all apply the rules in their own sweet way and the poor old motorists can cross a county boundary and see the speed limit change when nothing else has changed but the number on the pole. So there's a bit of illogic to that. Now, as I say, the way it works is that the, 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 menu, the, the primary law gives the local authority the menu to apply. What Jack Chambers is suggesting is that the default which will apply. Now, the default applies whenever the local authority doesn't do anything. So if they just say, no, we're not doing it, then by law, the, the, the default speed limit applies. And what he's talking about is adjusting down those defaults. So what you would see in operation is, for example, if you have a 100 kph road um, that used to be the main road and is now bypassed by a motorway, and um, this change in law would drop that speed limit down to 80 unless the local authority chooses to intervene and stipulate the 100. So you're scratching your head going, 
how exactly is this going to help or what is it going to help with? Now, we do need help to get speed limits set consistently and logically with no change of rules from one county boundary to the next. Tightening that up is a good thing. But simply saying road deaths are up, I'm going to lower speed limits. Um, that, there's a touch of the gesture politics to that. I don't see it okay. really getting to the so, heart so, of it, but particularly, terms, to say, when you're ignoring well, 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 guards. As I understand it, on national secondary roads... Jack is saying to reduce them from 100 to 80. From mm. uh, local rural roads, six, uh, was it 80 to 60? Yeah. And then 30 kilometres in all town centres and housing estates. Now, in all of those cases, the local authority has the power to do that now with the existing laws. Um, so, as and I say, they haven't. Well, they're, they're, they're choosing to do it in some... You're, you're trusting local wisdom because, in all honesty, when you get off the primary road network onto the secondaries and tertiaries, it's the local authority that knows them best. Yeah. And we were talking about the committees. It's not a bad thing that Mrs Murphy would have been in her bonnet because, I mean, she is the local person and they're responding to local it's needs. It's d- democracy. Yeah. God uh, damn so, it. So, so, God damn it. So, so, so the tension there is between addressing local needs in that way and having a consistent set of rules that apply nationally because the counterpoint is you can't have motorists driving around the country and every local authority uh, picking its own uh, sweet rules out of the air and the poor old motorist is simply driving along and as I say, if you're driving along in your car and the road doesn't change, the conditions don't change, absolutely nothing changes except for the county boundary and with it the number on the pole. So it's confusing that, to motorists of course it and is, yeah. there's not proper guidance. Of course it is and, and you know the unsympathetic person would say this is about saving lives, to help with motorists and pay the bloody fine, read the number on the pole slow down if I'm telling you to slow down and that might sound fine But you know what? It doesn't actually work. It grows this creeping culture whereby people don't trust Gardaí. What I find is the best one of all of of those signs is you go through a village, some obscure Mm. village, Swan in County Leash or something like that, like a blink and you miss it. And they have these flashing things and it puts up your speed. You're doing... Yeah, 68 kilometres an hour and it's saying slow down and so on. They are very impactful. They are, they're a good message and yeah. they're very helpful. And again, there's no reason why technology couldn't prosecute a driver in those circumstances. But the choice is not to. The choice is issue to, to issue a warning. Because remember, the, the purpose of these cameras is not to prosecute drivers. It's to slow traffic down and prevent crashes. And and the technology's great. I love the technology. Lots and lots of it's really, really good. But I think it is a fundamental mistake to abdicate all of it to technology. And as I say, look at what we do in force. Well over half a million people have penalty points for speeding. Uh, Look at penalty points for not wearing a seatbelt, for example. And it's, you know, just over 10,000, a tiny fraction. So, uh, you know, cameras are good for what they're good at. But if you think they take the place of flashing blue lights and yellow bibs in the pub car park at midnight. They simply don't. Okay, um, a number of texts on this. It's got to be phones. I drive a lot for work every second car. Their eyes are flicking down at the phone. It's an epidemic, says Mm -hmm. Dan in Cork. I totally agree with you. Anecdotally, I I see people pulling out at junctions and they're actually on their phone. Mary says there's a huge amount of aggression from massive SUV drivers Ah. towards the smallest cars. It's scary. Mm. Well, SUV is a whole different kettle of fish, and we actually have SIMI data on car sales. Good, strong year for like car sales tanks. last year. Some are, some are, and I've said this before. SUV, we should retire that as a phrase. It's become a trigger phrase. Okay. It just gets the hackles raised out there. SUV, what would you call them? Well, SUV just means a body shape. 
You could have a small SUV. You could have a fully electric, emission-free SUV. SUV relates to a body shape. What I do buy into is that car manufacturers collectively are selling us cars that are too big. They're just too big. And, and I think at European level, that might be something that we can adjust. Because, you know, car manufacturers, they will pivot. You might, you know, you mightn't love them in terms of their historical track record for everything from ethics to how they sold cars to say whatever. But, but we do know that they will respond. Both the consumer and the industry will respond to kicks in the shin. So if you give the punter a discount to buy an electric vehicle and you force car, car manufacturers to spend money researching and developing electric vehicles, you wind up with a huge okay. revolution in two, electric two, vehicles. Two, two, two quickies before we go. Yeah. Um, back before COVID, when Simon Harris was Minister for Health, he undertook in 2018, a review of car parking mm. charges, which were very expensive. People visiting very, you know, sick relatives, which they had to do. And he said that it would be capped at €10. Euro. Mm. It seems this hasn't been implemented by the HSE. I can't see think of a good reason for that. Um, you know, money, I, money. Is well, a, uh, yeah, a bad reason then. You know, <laughs> yes, what yes. what is car parking at a hospital for? Okay, now if part of you thinks that's a revenue stream for the hospital, uh, yeah, I have HR people to pay for and PowerPoint presentations to pay for. Um, so you know, let's charge the punter. We can make it a revenue stream fundamentally the wrong analysis. That's not what it's for. It's there to facilitate people visiting sick patients. And if you're dumping a financial burden on them, it isn't fair. It isn't fair. That car park in the front of the hospital is not a cash engine for the state, for the hospital, for anybody. It's supposed to be there to facilitate the care of the sick. And and this just wasn't a promise. This was a key commitment in the programme for government in 2020. Well, you're the political expert, Ivan. Tell me what is the difference between a promise and a key commitment in the programme Well, there's some civil servant somewhere saying we should need to do this. That's the difference. <laughs> OK, the other thing is, so we had this huge plan as part of our green uh, climate action plan mm. to get 850,000 electric ca- cars um, by twenty by 2030. Yeah. Um, and, and I've done work with the SIMI and mm. uh, they have been promoting this very heavily. They have. And a new infrastructure of charging and all that good stuff. Um, but the feeling was, a report was done by Jim Pardas, we'll only get to 150,000. It's well behind target. Yeah. But I see up 45% uh, year on year for, 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 for last year, um, 22,789. Now, there was a problem with supply. And yes. you know, with right-hand drives, there's an issue because yeah, most yeah, Europe's yeah. On, on left-hand drives. What's the story with EVs? They are rocketing forward. Um, thankfully, we're not relying on the Irish government to make that happen. Because the grant was cut from five grand to three and a half grand. A, a retrograde step. You're Either you're serious about this or you're not. Now, they threw a target of a million into the air. Um, but, you know, th- there were no sign of measures to actually cause that to happen. Simply stating that you want something to happen is not a policy to bring it about. But nevertheless, EV sales have been growing, growing, growing. And i tell you what the fascinating thing is. Um, I-, I was talking about big car, these gigantic industries, your Volkswagen groups and your people like that. They have pivoted in response to Elon Musk, if you like, in response to policy, in response to the globe. They have pivoted massive amounts of research and development money into electric vehicles. That's where all it's going. Uh, I'm told that there'll be cheap China imports. Uh, That's happening already with cars like BYD. So if you look at some of those major car... If you look at the research and development that is going into electric vehicles at the moment, it is like a moonshot of money 
that is being poured in there. And, and, and you know, it, ironically, it is the greed of car companies uh, that will cause this to happen far faster than the hand-wringing. Because we need a, u- a used car EV market it's coming because already. Because people yeah. can't afford brand new cars, yeah. you know, d- to trickle down. That, that desperately needs to be it's done. It's coming already. And, and you know, I, I've said before, it'll, it'll look in hindsight a bit like that hockey stick adoption curve. I remember when smartphones first came along. Um, you know, they, they, they were a novelty. Okay. And, and How's the new job going with the RIAC? Fantastic. It's a handy number, isn't it? Well, yeah, I wish. Uh, very busy place. In fact, there's plenty of work needs to be done, Ivan, if you want to pop around. Right. Um, okay. Fascinating place. One of the oldest car clubs in the world. Dates back to 1901. Very, very proud heritage. Home of Motorsport Ireland, which exists yeah. in there. And this marvellous, marvellous uh, building and car park on Dawson Street. Love the history well, of it. Thank you for joining us, as always, Conor Faulkner. And good luck with all your consultancy and the RIAC. Now, if you want to pay for a new electric car, here's a solution. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.